It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the new and pre-owned Renault, Dacia and Opel range. And a car finance specialist on site to arrange a finance package that suits your budget. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Hope you're all well this Wednesday afternoon. We've some little uh, nice goodies to give away. Not little at all on Late Lunch this afternoon to you. Cathy Marr is joining us later, one of our regulars. She's a pharmacist, of course, and she wants to talk about what you should have in your first aid kit at home this summer. And it goes without saying, Cathy says, every home should have an up-to-date first aid kit. And we have a lovely one to give away to one of you on late lunch today. Also, I know you're a big bingo fan, so we know that from the LMFM bingo. I have some uh, lovely vouchers uh, for Gibstown Drive-In Bingo to give as well. That's coming up this bank holiday Monday. Gibstown, it's famous the world over, isn't it? Anyway, I have those to give away on the show uh, a little bit later on uh, today. Also, I go back to my Artist of the Week, Lionel Richie. He'll be dancing on the ceiling for sure. Hotels are reopening today. We're going to uh, get the view from a couple of local hoteliers as they open up and uh, look forward to the summer season. Miriam Manning is with us to talk all about St. Colum Kill and his importance to the town of Kells. If you want to join in the conversation on the show or enter for the uh, bingo uh, or the uh, lovely first aid kit, the numbers, you need those this afternoon. 086-1800-658. They're the WhatsApp and text numbers, the same number, 086-1800-658. Or if you want to call in with a comment or anything, 1850-715-958, that's your number. Now we begin today by heading to London to have a chat with a Navin woman. Yes, she's the most famous comedian from the Royal County, based in London for some time now. She's been with us before on Late Lunch, and it's beyond time we had a catch-up with the wonderful Grania Maguire. Hello, Grania. Hey, Jerry. how are you? I am really good, and the reason we want to catch up, well, we haven't spoken for a while, so I want to get the lie of the land there in London at the moment, and of course, you are now publishing this famous newsletter of yours that really came to our attention but first I want to ask you uh, how are things seriously in London at the minute uh, things getting back to a sense of normality uh, well so the plague piss as uh, the UK is referred to at the moment is actually doing it's doing quite well things are opening up people are sort of out in the street drinking you know they've got loads you can you can drink indoors now. Uh, you can't dance. 
you can't sort of hug really anybody indoors. But um, it's funny. I was I was uh, I was in Blackpool actually this weekend uh, with the boyfriend. It was absolute chaos. And what was so much fun was we were like dance. So the only time you could sort of stand up and have a little bit of a boogie was by going to the toilet. So that became like the catwalk for everybody. <laughs> everybody just, you know, making their moves. As long as they're heading in the, in the sort of the area of the, the ladies or the gents, they were, it was allowed. So that was, that was our bit of fun. Okay, so Blackpool, the Illuminations were your attraction this weekend. Let's talk about that newsletter. Let's get straight into it because you mentioned the bathroom there. Tell us about your lush and rush in Waitrose. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm talking about this on LMFM. So, basically, I, I'm sure a lot of listeners can understand this situation where if I have more than one or two coffees, basically... <laughs> If I have one or two coffees, things can develop very quickly downstairs. And unless I get back in time in my flat, you know, things, you know, it's a bit like Ryanair. They can change the gates at very short notice. And sometimes you can miss your flight. And at the very start of lockdown, I was a waitress of all places, the humiliation. If it was little, you'd think they'd be used to that sort of thing, but not waitress. So I was in waitress. I had one too many coffees. And... Um, I needed to rush home in time and I, I didn't quite make it. And um, yeah, it was the start of lockdown. So luckily, my boyfriend wasn't allowed to evict me from the flat for legal reasons. <laughs> that was, I think, the only thing that kept us together. <laughs> so we stayed with you anyway to go to Blackpool last weekend, but there was an emergency. There was nothing you could do about it and you had to try and sort things out when you got back home. So basically, I got into the flat. I didn't want him... I wanted to keep my feminine mystique. Because, you know, it's very important to keep the magic alive in a relationship. You have to keep the romance alive. So I didn't want him to think that he was now in lockdown for the next year or so with a woman who, you know, has access to supermarkets. So I didn't want... I just didn't want him to see me that way. So um, what I did was I went into the bedroom, sort of like changing my pyjamas went into the kitchen, sort of hid the evidence, hid my shame. And then what I didn't realise was, uh, in between the sort of changing clothes, I left a little bit of evidence behind on the floor. Um, what I would call sort of a smelly brick road, uh, a trail of smears. <laughs> uh, and then later on, he went in and he looked down and he saw what he genuinely thought was some lush body lotion on the floor. <laughs> Weren't you lucky? Weren't you lucky that he thought it was that? <laughs> so just, just in case any family or relations are listening to this and they're worrying how my mental health is in London, it's going well. She's surviving, she's getting on and the relationship the is still intact despite all the lack of glamour. Look, I want to quote you from one of your newsletters. You say in it, I live in London and work in comedy so obviously I don't have children, a mortgage or a driving licence so luckily I still have the lifestyle of a teenager, just a very old teenager. At most stand-up gigs I have the pleasure of feeling like Wendy surrounded by lots of lost boys. Oh my God, I smiled when I, when I saw that. This all emerge from going to get your hair done after lockdown yeah so basically I don't know whether you've experienced this but um, 
basically, I... Did you ever watch The Sopranos? Yep. Basically, I now look, because it's been so long since I've got my roots done, I look like Paulie Walnuts from The Sopranos. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant I can see it I can picture you now go on go on uh, so he's my style icon and you know you see these it's like daily humiliations that you see I've been able to transfer into stand up gigs and then laugh and move on now because you know in a year where I've been able to tell strangers the humiliation things that have happened to me at least two three times a week what am I supposed to do with them so either I know I'll start a newsletter so that's the newsletter is just the day-to-day embarrassing things that happen to me all the time. Now other people can sort of like check in once a week and find out how I've let myself down this week. So that's how they started. Mm. And uh, you feel like that? Do you feel like an ageing teenager because of the hair or is it just because of time? It moves on. Tempest Fugit for everybody. Look, I just think there's a great, you know, there's all this thing about like how to feel young. And it's about, like, creams and avoiding wrinkles and Botox. I think if you want to really be always feel young, just avoid any life landmarks and goals. I just think that is what we speak. I think there's not enough said. Just, like, never learn how to drive. Never own a house. Never have children. Never get married. And you just will feel 16-year-olds forever. Like, spend all your Christmases with your family that's that's the key to feeling young forever. If you want to really feel like a teenager, that's it. You've got to remain with the single life. That's your message to us today. Tell me about this maple syrup and cayenne pepper juice cleanse that you gave a go. How long did it last for? Oh, my God. Well, so all my friends were doing this. It was just, so Beyonce, I blame Beyonce, terrible. She was on this cayenne pepper juice cleanse. And she lasted, I think, three weeks, and she lost all this weight, and it was very glamorous. And then I thought, oh, right, well, I can do that. And all my friends were doing it. But I lasted about three hours. I kind of went into a fugue state. I don't, it's, 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 I, I blacked it out. I don't quite remember. But then the next thing I knew, I was sat in bed watching RuPaul's Drag Race eating a kebab. That's so all I remember. Four hours is all it lasted. And I was using my duvet cover as a napkin. And do you know what? I never felt better. It genuinely was like meditation, all that nonsense. Eat a kebab in bed. And I, you'll, you'll just be like, I think it's all worked out. Like this is the happiest and the most confident I have ever felt in my life. So if you're feeling down, that's my tip. A kebab in bed. What about this hangover you spoke about? A ghost of a hangover. Is this true what happened with the hangover? Tell them the wee story. Oh my God, this is apt. I swear to God, this is true. This is true. I, so is that UCD? I've been out at the student bar. Now this is really important. This is important information. My hangover was just beginning to start. Okay, so remember that in your head. Coming home, hangover just by the start. I got into bed. I was fell asleep. I woke up and there was this presence at the bottom of my bed, like this ghostly presence. And I just felt like my my hand just drawn towards this woman. It she was a woman. She put this white disc in the palm of my hand. I put it in the glass of water beside my bed. It fizzled. I drank it. The next morning, I woke up, Jerry. No hangover. 
Grania. No. Grania, Grania, yeah. please. Grania, you said there was a hangover coming on anyway. Are you sure you saw this? You saw this apparition I, and this happened? It's science. That is science. I was, I was, I was like, oh, no, I can feel my hangover starting. Morning woke up, I'm fresh as a daisy. And it wasn't, it wasn't a roommate? It wasn't anybody like that that you were a little bit confused? If, if it was a roommate, it was a ghostly roommate. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Watch this space. So there you are. If you're in a place where there's a spirit, you could be okay after drinking a lot of spirits the evening before. Um, what's this thing about a work addiction meeting you attended? I'm curious about this. Oh, God. So what are, cause you know when you're self-employed, if you're self-employed, you never really have time off. You just have time you feel guilty that you're not working. That's all, like, you never, every, you know, that Sunday evening feeling that yes. you have with a nine-to-five job. Well, when you work for yourself, that's just your, you always feel like that. Yep. So then I was thinking, okay, right, so, you know, you know, I should have more of a work-life balance, you know, be able to switch off. And so because in, I live in London and everybody's mad, there's a work, there's a step group for everybody. So my friend told me about this work addiction meeting where, you know, you can go and if you think that you work too much, you're too anxious about work, you can go and sort of talk about how you're feeling and stuff like that. So I went along, I thought, brilliant, it really sought me out, talked to other people. So I sat down and uh, they came to me and they were like, oh, you know, why are you here? And I was like, oh, I worry I too, I worry too much at work and I'm worried I'm not doing enough and I'm, I think I'm too hard on myself. That was grand. Then when the meeting was over, this woman came up to me and she said, oh, you know, I was really interested in what you said. Do you mind me asking what you do for a living? And I said, oh, I work on comedy. And she went, oh, wow, that's really good. And have you got a YouTube channel? You should get a YouTube channel or a blog. Have you got a blog? Or you really start a podcast. Or have you a podcast? Or have you got a sitcom script you should be writing? So, uh, so the yeah. addiction meeting turned into further addiction, more workload. Not to be recommended, not to be recommended at all. Hey, what about the Eurovision? Nil poor for the UK. Is that still uh, hurting? Listen, that's, they need to, the UK needs to be humbled. The UK just needs to sort of sit, I think the UK should just like for the next five years just avoid the Eurovision, avoid the World Cup, avoid the Olympics. You know the way a celebrity is overexposed and everybody's sick of them and then they go away for a bit and then everybody likes them again. I think this is the time for the UK just to just to garden for a bit. Forget then, about it. Forget about it, Grania says, for five years. Oh, they won't like to hear that regards the football team because they're going to the European Championships now and they expect to win it. Oh, they always do. Yeah. They, they, won, they won the World Cup once about 50 years ago and my God... A lot of their identity based on that. They need to just go and like, go, yeah, go go for a, a silent retreat for about ten years. 
and then come back. And everyone will love them and they'll win everything under the sun. On a serious note, in this country here, you know the way artists are being supported and there's a lot of talk about the supports being withdrawn the last 24 hours, but they've been supported through the pandemic. What's it been like for people in the art scene like yourself on the comedy circuit, performers this last year there? Has there been good financial support? Uh, yeah, so we've been we've been giving this uh, this grant from the government to sustain us, which is really good. But it's I mean it's been it's been hard. It's been really rocky because you know with you know with you, nobody gets into comedy or the arts for the money. It's like your identity. It's like mm. your you know how you prove yourself the world, I and mean, when that's all completely taken away from you, it's really hard. But I think what's been so brilliant is in the last year you have so many people like making videos or, you know, doing stuff online and, you know, you can reach the entire world over the internet. So it's it's sort of given people sort of other avenues of creativity where it's not just, I mean, with stand-up it's not just by doing gigs anymore. You've got all these other platforms. Yeah. All these other ways of like connecting with people that you maybe you wouldn't have the time or you wouldn't have even thought about this time last year. Mm. So it's opened so, up possibilities, but hard to monetize that, Grania. I mean, it's not like stand up, you know, stand up gigs are that, you know, financially reliable either. You know, there's mm. all these other ways. Like Patreon, you can do, there are like ways of, of, of making like good money from stuff online and I think it's good because I think a lot of times especially in stand-up it can be very like reliant on producers developing you or other people giving you opportunities but it's brilliant with the internet you can just make whatever you want and then if there's an audience they will find you and you don't need anybody else that's interesting. So even uh, more, let's say, uh, ways of streaming income instead of just depending on, as you said, you know, live gigs, radio, TV, stuff like that as well. That is really interesting to hear that it's opened up in that fashion for you. Anyway, look, if people want to find out more about you online, they just Google, is it? Grania Maguire and the newsletter. or have your website there. So if they, you want to go on grognymaguire.co.uk, okay. that's the website, subscribe to my newsletter. And uh, if you just fancy a sort of a silly letter in your email once a week, that's the place to go. Two final questions. Gigs back. Have you anything lined up? I did my first gig last night. And what I did was, so at the weekend, I saw Bobby Davro in Blackpool and I noticed those old school comedians used to open each one of their sets with a song so I'm determined I'm going to bring that back (laughs) but my gig last night I walked up to the stage before I said anything I started singing a song I had no (laughs) idea what was going on but I think this is what I'm bringing back into fashion so was it great to be back was it great to be back with an audience yeah it's just it was it was so nice to just be sort of silly and you just feel like you're getting part of your... It's like seeing... And it was... More than anything, I was just seeing other comedians and just seeing your friends again. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was oh, really lovely. Great to hear. And last thing, will you be uh, paying a visit, hopefully, this year back to the to the town that's uh, spelt the same way forwards as backwards? Oh, the town I love so well. Well, I have to... I, 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 I genuinely... 
I don't know what the rules are. They were close to home for Christmas, but then they changed all the rules. Mm. So I need to, if I can just figure out when it's legal and when it's not, that will, uh, you know, if I can figure that out, uh, that would be really helpful. Well, we're trying to figure it out ourselves. Stick with it. Mm. Stick with it, girl. It will uh, figure out, hopefully, sooner rather than later. Anyway, Grania, best of luck to you. Back on the stage. And again, graniamaguire.co.uk is uh, where you'll find out uh, all about her and her wonderful regular newsletters. They're really, really funny, I have to say to you. Grania, thanks for joining me on the show. Bye, Jerry. Take care. Bye, bye. Grania Maguire there speaking to me from London this afternoon. Great to understand that live gigs are back. Our first gig last night in London. She's a really funny lady and uh, her newsletters will just have you. Really, uh, it'll uplift your day when you read her, the way she observes life and writes about it. But there you have it. Other ways to uh, earn a living as well that's come from this last 15 months or so. Very, very interesting. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Stay with us because I'll give you the lowdown on how you can win a couple of lovely vouchers for the uh, bingo. Yes, that's happening on Monday. Gibstown Drive-In Bingo. Stay with us on the show. Gibstown Drive-In Bingo is back on Bank Holiday Monday, the 7th of June. Prize fund up to €15,000 and it's on the Kells Slane Road, about five miles from Kells. It starts at half past three and uh, I know it's going to be jammers there next Monday. And the people in Gibstown have given us a couple of vouchers uh, to give away on the show this afternoon. They're worth €25 each. I have two of them to give away. So here's your questions. You know the uh, the nicknames, as I call them, the bingo nicknames, from my own name, Kelly's Eye, number one. You know that one, yeah? 16, Sweet 16, etc. Two Little Ducks, all that type of thing. Uh, well, I want to know, which number am I referring to? I'm calling the bingo numbers now on late lunch. Which number when I, am I referring to when I say Dancing Queen? What number am I talking about in bingo parlance when I say Dancing Queen? What number would I be calling along with that little phrase there? Let me know and we'll pick two people for those Bingo vouchers for Gibstown next Monday, Bank Holiday Monday. The numbers to send your answers to 086 1800 658, WhatsApp or text me to the show. Louise, did you ever watch Holby City on uh, BBC? Would you be a Holby City fan at all? Did you ever dip into it even in your time? Do you know, I think I've watched every soap ever. Even, I think I watched Crossroads as a tot. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen Holby City. Have you not? No. Well, it's got the axe. Let's the bill. Yeah, it's the, the bill is another great mm. one for sure. But Holby is gone. They've just announced 23 years, you know, Why? it's been on. They've just decided end of the road for it. It was oh. very popular. Was Saturday night, wasn't it? I think it was a Saturday night show. And they had a lot of like, you know, actors from Coronation Street that moved into Holby and over yes. the years. So, yeah, yeah some that. great storylines in it as well. Anyway, I suppose everything has a lifespan. For uh, Holby fans, it's gone, it's over. BBC are producing no more. They just announced earlier on today. Ready for the tax hikes? <laughs> They're oh, on the way. They're on the way. The tax oh. hikes are on the way. That's for they sure. never stopped, did so we, we have to pay for this thing. That's the bottom line. It has to be paid for. It has to be paid for some way. We had a call from a listener who said she's been calling her doctor since 9am on Monday morning. Today is Wednesday and she can't get through to anybody. And they've been told, uh, people who are of the practice who are um, clients of the practice there, that you have to ring at 9am in the morning to get that appointment. 
But there's no answer. She's been trying Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. What is she supposed to do? She believes it's totally ridiculous that they can't get through to your GP. Well, look, I wouldn't tolerate that, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I don't know whether it's far away or whatever, but you've got to make contact. And uh, they, I, I know for my own GP practice, it is early morning as well, but you will get an answer. They will answer you and they'll talk to you. And uh, That's not right. It really isn't right. And I'd, I'd move uh, man and mountain to uh, get through to them if it were me, to be honest honest with you I'd just give you that piece of advice moving on on late lunch this afternoon we're joined by one of our most valued regulars from Haven Pharmacy in Delic I'm delighted to say hello again to pharmacist Cathy Marr hello Cathy hi Jerry. how are you we're I'm, in June already oh my god almighty Cathy where has this year gone it's just flown by and it seems we haven't talked at all even though we have of course well look at the main thing today you want to talk about and uh, you said it's so important uh, that people really have this in their homes a first aid kit Cathy why why is it uh, so important to have one Absolutely, Jerry. When I look out, I know I made contact with you a couple of weeks ago, and I think that was when I had to dress a couple of knees a few days in a row. And when we look at families around the country, you know, accidents are more likely to happen at home. Boys are more likely to have accidents than girls, and mostly occur during the summer months, school holidays, and at weekends. So even myself, who's a healthcare professional and should have the first aid kit fully stocked, I know sometimes when I go to it, and perhaps I need a dressing or plaster of a certain size, or maybe I need a sterile wash, and I don't have it. And it's a good time, just as we're coming into the summer months, to encourage people to look at what they have at home. Have they the right kit that they need? Have they, is everything in date? Is anything used that needs to be replaced? And what do they need to do should that accident happen? How do we make the first aid kit more accessible, easier to grab? And what to do if actually maybe it can't be managed at home Maybe they need a trip to the pharmacy. Maybe they need the GP or the minor injury unit. So if you have one already, now is the time you're saying to go and check it and make sure that the essential items are there. You might take us through, I know, plasters, dressings. What else should you have in a a first aid kit? Before we even start even what we should have in it, sometimes I think it's a really good idea to look at how we actually organise it because, again, sometimes we all have a cupboard in the back Maybe in the utility room or in the kitchen where we go and run and see what we need. But it's a really good idea to keep supplies when your first kit, aid kit in, you know, Ziploc freezer bags. Mm. So I know if I go in, there's plasters, I can grab those quickly. There's maybe a bandage that I need quickly. And it saves time rummaging, um, particularly if there's a heavy bleed or there's a nasty cut that needs dealt with. Or a child or teenager that's, or an adult that's quite distressed. So check out where you keep it, that it's easy to access and that it's kept that you can grab whatever bit that you need. And before that as well, we also need to check if someone else is in your house minding others that they have easy access to it, that they know where it is. Mm. Within the first aid kit, we would always ask you to keep a couple of numbers, so 999 and 112, your home's air code, your nearest hospital emergency department, and your GP or out of our service and pharmacy. So their numbers, if you keep them within the first aid kit, that should you need advice in an emergency the numbers are there that you don't have to start going. That's really good advice, especially that, you know, you mightn't think that if you have somebody in looking after your children or in baby minding, that they know where it is and that those numbers are there. Excellent advice. Really, really handy. And the very simple things is just to kind of, before we even look at what we have in the first aid kit. So we've kept it, we have a look and see that it's in the Ziploc bags and save time rummaging around. One thing never ever to store in your, medic, in your first aid kit is medication. Mm. Um, and we would often be asked within the pharmacy for to assemble uh, sports kits or first aid kits for sports teams and stuff. And we'd always recommend that they never store medication within 
the first aid kit. And that's because children can access the first aid kit. I often see my own children go in and helping themselves to a plaster if they have a sore finger or a sore knee. And the temptation would be there to maybe misuse medicine. That medicine, as we know, can be dangerous. If we have younger children who are more curious, most accidental poisonings happen in the under five age group. So it's really important not to store medicine in the first aid kit. Keep those high up out of the way. From Very the important, yeah. So when we check that the kit that we have and everything that we need, check used by dates, always replace used or expired items. And if you think of a sterile dressing, the melanin dressing that people would know, just a very simple sterile dressing, and I'll think, well, sure, that doesn't go out of date. But in each of those dressings, there is a sterility date. That's when we know that's sterile until they usually have a long enough date of four or five years. But we know that that dressing is sterile and safe to use. If it is no longer sterile, that could introduce infection into a wound and cause more problems in the long run. Okay. So once then we know that where the kit is and that it's safe and effective, then we, what do we have in it? Plasters. And I always think none of us ever have enough plasters. We never seem to have the right size for when we need it. So try and have a variety of sizes, sizes of plasters, just general waterproof, a variety of general waterproof fabric. The knee and elbow ones are a great size, um, really good square plasters. Um, for blisters as well, again, this time of year we might see kids putting on flip-flops or crocs or other kind of shoes in and out of paddling pools and blisters can develop, so blister plasters as well. Um, adhesive tape, so sticky tape, really, really good to hold lots of things in place, so whether it is a sterile dressing to add a little bit of padding to a plaster or even a bandage if we've used crepe bandages to support a sore limb, an arm, some leg, then the adhesive tape, sticky tape is really good to hold that in place. Mm. There's also some really good tapes and chat to your pharmacy um, some really good tapes that people might find the adhesive irritating. So there's some nice paper tapes that still manage to hold a dressing in place but aren't too sticky to cause skin reactions so check that you have the right one and that's safe and, and suitable for children and adults alike. Um, antiseptic cream this is one we get asked an awful lot should we keep an antiseptic cream in our first aid kit? We should but when to apply it is really important. So it can be applied to minor cuts and grazes um, once they've been cleaned and any objects have been removed within inside the cut. But if the cream is opened for longer than the time that's recommended, so it could be six months, it may be out of date, or if the wound is quite deep, then we wouldn't recommend that you apply a cream into that, that we have to get it just cleaned up and a sterile dressing put on that. First aid spray, mm-hmm. really, really useful, and they also come in the form of a burn gel, and hydrogel is one of my staple recommendations. It's vital for sunburn, for scalds, for any kind of skin irritation. It's usually an aloe vera hydro aloe vera based, but also with a water gel in it. Really, really effective for helping with scalds, burns, sunburns, really, really good. Antiseptic wipes. Really good to clean down in the grazes, cuts. Um so when we clean down a wound using antiseptic wipes. They will sting, and once we know they'll sting, and we can reassure the patient that they'll sting, then they'll be fine. They'll clean out the wound, and we can dress it appropriately. But at that point, we need to have some tweezers in case there's some gravel or stones, um, bits of glass, whatever is in a wound. We need to get any foreign bodies out because they can become embedded, and if the skin begins to heal, that can cause an infection or a problem. Mm. So that's where we are with that so far. Um, Absorbent pads... So sometimes the old-fashioned lint that you'd remember. Um, yes. Yeah, the old-fashioned lint. Mm. Absolutely. We look at that and think, that's, that's years old. How would we store it? Why would we have that? Really good if there's a lot of bleeding. Mm. If the wound is nasty, 
there's the cut finger, chopping the veg, a trip outside, whatever has happened, and there's quite a lot of blood, that's really good to put pressure onto a wound for 15, 20 minutes in time to stem the bleeding. Um, really effective. And then you can use your plasters or sterile gauze dressings and the yes. tape, whatever you need to, to dress it after. Good pair of scissors. Good pair of scissors have to get to that one. Good scissors for cutting clothes, for cutting plasters, for cutting tape, for cutting dressings. Why cutting clothes? Because sometimes, and I know when I've seen, sometimes you might see the knees gone out of trousers and sometimes the trousers could be embedded in the knee. So we have to make sure that maybe the clothes need to be cut off as well. So that they're good safety scissors. A saline solution, again, a bit like the burn gel, really, really a staple in the household. Really good for washing anything out of the eyes. Mm. Um, we often in the pharmacy, very, very often would have people run in that they've received something in the eye and we would wash the eye out there and then in the pharmacy and we'll always use saline solution. They come in little sachets, really, really reasonably priced, I think they're around 60 or 70 cents and I'd always keep a dozen in the house to wash out wounds, eyes, Anything that just needs irrigation, uh, really good. And those little sashes, make sure that the fluid within is sterile. So really, really safe to use. Mm. In this day and age, even pre-COVID, hand sanitizer. Because sometimes if we have someone who's had an accident, we don't always have access to running water. Um, and obviously we all have hand sanitizer now in our cars, in our homes. But just make sure that it's there and that it's used, along with disposable gloves if you're pr- it'll yes. help protect yourself and the person you're giving first aid to from infection. It's really important. That's the general yes. um, content. Yeah, and, and that's a, quite a comprehensive uh, list there. But when you have all that in place, you can be assured that you can deal with all of those situations that you need to deal with quickly. Now, I want to tell them today that you're very kind. You're giving away uh, a, a kit. I'm, I'm just looking at everything you really mentioned there is in this kit. It's a Medicare first aid kit, Cathy. It's one for the home. Yeah. Um, obviously, we provide, and what you can do is if you start off with a med- with a first aid kit, then as you use your products, you only have to buy the kit once. That's what, the way yeah. we would have it at home. You only have the kit once, and then you replace as you go. One thing I didn't mention, Jerry, actually, I'm not sure if it's in that kit, is a triangular bandage. So as long as having our crepe bandages, we have the old-fashioned... There's four of them. There's four of them in it. Four in that yeah, there old-fashioned is. triangular bandage. And when someone opens that, and if you're not used to using them, you think, how am I going to create a sling out of this? So there is never, ever problems popping into your local pharmacy. That's what we're there for, to act as your triage service. And we can help you do, administer the first aid, whatever we can do, but also help with the bandage, with the sling if needs be, and send you on to where you need to go if necessary. Mm. But it's really good, actually, even if you have a first aid kit at home, it's a good time, start of June, have a look at what we have. Do I know how to use Do I know what each thing is for? Because if there's that panic... You don't want to be rummaging around thinking, oh, I don't know how to do this. Mm. You know, and then the phone numbers as well. So pick up the phone. Never be afraid to ask. No, for help. So there's a kit up for grabs on late lunch now. It's a Medicare first aid kit. It is all and more that uh, Cathy mentioned there. We want to give it to one of you listening today. Here's my question. And if you're listening carefully to Cathy, you have the answer already. Here's the question for the kit. There are two emergency numbers in Ireland. One very familiar, 999. I want to know what the other emergency number is. You should have this one as well. What is the other emergency number you dial in Ireland to get through to the emergency services? 999 is one. What is the second one? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 with your name and details. And we'll uh, 
give that kit to uh, one of our late lunch listeners this very afternoon. Now, while you're with me, just to, uh, by extension, the sun has come out the last uh, few days. Thank God, Cathy, and we've spoken about this before. But just a few words on, you know, melanoma, a dangerous form of skin cancer. Ireland is one of the highest detection rates in the world. What factor, are we, remind them again, you know, people are putting on factors that are low numbers. What's the number for children and adults? We would recommend at least an SPF, sun protection factor of 50 for children and an SPF of 30 for adults in Ireland. And I know the counter argument can often be, but we need our vitamin D and we do need our vitamin D, particularly in Ireland because of our northern hemisphere um, and skin tone. But we achieve regular vitamin D levels at just going about our daily business. Once that sun cracks out, as it has done over the past few days, we need to get the sun cream on. People will often ask, what is the best sunscreen to use? My first answer is the one that you actually use, not the one that's in the cupboard and doesn't get opened. So actually, we we have to use it. But how do we go about using it? So we look at factor 50 for children, factor 30 for adults. Price does not indicate a more superior brand. And that's one thing to really, really remind people that it doesn't matter if it's 5.99 or 25.99. As long as it's used and used properly, it should provide the right protection. We need to make sure that sun, sun cream is applied about 15 minutes before going out into the sun to allow that lovely protective film to develop. So it's not, especially for children, it's not to put on and go straight outside, particularly when sun rays are really, Mm. really strong. And to reapply every two to three hours. There are a couple of brands on the market that claim to be safe to be applied just once daily only and they'll work for 12 hours or something. As a healthcare professional, I wouldn't stand over that. I would still recommend that all sun creams be applied at least every two hours more frequently if there's excessive perspiration, heavy sweating, or children are popping in and out of paddling pools. We've all flocked to the beaches recently, so much more frequently than that. One brand that is really effective um, in terms of skin irritation and sensitive skin is La Roche-Posay. It is a really good brand. The Anthelios range is really good for those that have history of psoriasis or eczema or just a sensitive skin. So that is a good brand um, to have. What we look at when you're buying your sun cream is make sure that it does have protection against UVA and UVB rays. And the importance there is the UVA rays are the ones that penetrate really deeply into the skin to the lower levels of the epidermis and through into the dermis. And that can contribute to increased skin aging. So all of our wrinkles come from the UVA rays, but it's also linked with certain skin cancers as well. And you're right, Jerry. There's, there are actually three types of skin cancer. There's squamous cell skin cancer, there's basal cell carcinoma, and then the most deadly kind is melanoma. Mm-hmm. And within Ireland, we have about a thousand cases of melanoma every year. And melanoma is not just a really dark freckle that we might see. That can actually spread systemically, so it can spread throughout the body and can be quite fatal quite quickly. So it's really important from a skin point of view that we all um, keep an eye on our skin, Look at any moles and bumps that we have. Check out for changes. Look for the ABCD, so the area, the um, the colour, the diameter, whether the um, the bumps, if there's any lumpiness within a mole, and just really keep an eye on our skin. But then the second type of use of skin of sun ray is UVB rays, and they're the ones that are associated with sunburn. So even if you think of UVB, UVB and B for burning. So they're associated with sunburn, but they're also strongly associated with melanoma in particular and basal cell carcinoma. So it's really important when choosing a sunscreen, whether it's for adults or for children, that it does protect against 
against UVA and UVB burn and sun rays. And just one quick question before we leave it. Uh, if you're in and out of the water, you must reapply. Reapply. Reapply frequently, even when there's excessive perspiration. Even if a, a sunscreen claims to be waterproof or water resistant, it's not entirely. It might be waterproof for 40 minutes or 80 minutes. It might be set, something like that on it. But it, none of them are water are completely waterproof. So as soon as a child comes out of, or any person comes out of the sun, and not to forget that if you're in the water, the water itself is reflecting rays back onto the mm. skin. So it's really, really important. We are a fair-skinned fair skinned race, um, and we do need to protect our skin from, from skin cancers. We, we certainly do. And uh, just before we finish, uh, you'll be vaccinating soon. Have you a date when the pharmacy start? Spoken to me January, February, March, April, May. I, we have been hoping for this for a long time. The minister obviously had said in December that we were ready to vaccinate, and just yesterday we heard that now Minister Johnny has said that we are now, I think within the next two weeks, um, being allowed to roll out, particularly and see the potential for pharmacists to vaccinate, particularly people in rural areas, because when we look around the country, I think about 85% of people live within five kilometres of their pharmacy. And over half of the Irish population live within one kilometre of a pharmacy. Yes. And I know if I were to receive my vaccine, I'd rather walk a kilometre up the road than have to travel 20 miles to vaccination sure centres. It's going to make it really, really accessible. Supply has been the issue, and that has been the problem for, for the ongoing months. Um, initially, we were to start with the AstraZeneca, and then the age range changed, and then the supply changed. And then I think we'll be starting with... Johnson and Johnson initially, and then now that the Pfizer storage conditions have changed, it looks like we'll go on to the mRNA vaccines when the Johnson and Johnson supplies run out. Yeah, but we're really excited to get yes. started. We've been waiting for months, it's and uh, very yeah, welcome. Really delighted. Yeah, very welcome, and uh, we'll have dates on that shortly. Your local pharmacy, Haven Pharmacy, Inderley, Cathy Marr. Thank you so much as usual for joining us on the show. Thank you, Jerry. From the album White Ladder. Going back to July 2001 and David Gray there. Brilliant, brilliant song and timeless album, I have to say. Great guy, isn't he? I think he's due to tour here again when things get back to normal. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this midweek, Wednesday afternoon. Coming up next on the show, St. Colm Kill. He's synonymous with Kells. He's very important to the town and the area as well. But who was St. Colm Kill and why is he being celebrated in particular at this time? Stay with us. Did you know that in Ireland we have three patron saints, St. Patrick, St. Bridget and St. Colm Kill. And St. Colm Kill's feast day is coming up this day week on the 9th of June. He's associated with many parts of Ireland, but in particular Kells. And the Colm Kills 1500 Kells Committee are working away with the, his birthday coming up soon, uh, remembering that, and many other things as well. And I'm joined by the chairperson, Miriam Manning. Hello, Miriam. Hello, Terry. How are you? Thanks I'm really good. Me Not at all. Delighted to have you with us on the show because I've been always curious about this fella myself. Tell us a little bit about him. He was from Donegal. Yes, he was he was born in Donegal in a place called Garton in 521. Um, and he was actually, he was born a prince into the royal family, the Kinil Canela, um of the Northern O'Neills in Donegal. But he became a monk. He chose to become a monk. And um, that's where he did his most, he was very effective as a monk. He had um, influenced many um, uh, others to follow him in his footsteps. Um at the age of 25, when he was ordained a priest, 
Um, he travelled around Ireland and eventually set up 36 monasteries in the space of 15 years. He was very um, enthusiastic of spreading the word of God and um, art and culture. So um, one of those monasteries was at Kel. Mm. Um, he was um, a great politician as well, a shrewd politician. So as he travelled around Ireland, he persuaded many kings and chieftains to donate land so that he could establish the, the monasteries and the sites. And at Kells, actually, um, he was donated the Dune of Kells by the High King Jimmerus O'Carroll. And so it's not unreasonable to, to suggest that, that St. Colm Kill himself walked this landscape in Kells and, and established an early church here. We do know for certain, though, that his, his monks returned from Iona and uh, refounded a church here in 804, um, 200 years after his death. Mm. So his influence and legacy lived on beyond him, his death and, and um, the monasteries became powerhouses of learning and education and art um, that we can see in our high crosses in the Book of Kells yes. and uh, the Kundok, um, the Books of the Shrine. Um, so the, Kells was, Kells was um, a hugely important centre for... For, yes, his legacy and his work and uh, the setting up when he set up there. It's amazing to think that a man, you know, born, uh, you know, way, way back in time, that his legacy really does touch people and reaches to this very day. Another thing about Kells, wasn't uh, wasn't there uh, a big association with metalwork in Kells? That's right, yeah. Um, Like, if you can imagine the life in the monasteries... There were spiritual centres, but there were also creative centres. Um, can you imagine the stone carvers and goldsmiths, mm. silversmiths work, and the scribes working on embellishments on the high crosses? We have, um, there are three high crosses uh, in the Church of Ireland site and the base of another. And then we have the Marco Cross, which is located outside the Kells Tourism and Cultural Hub. Yes. Um, and then there's um, the Book of Kells itself. And metal workers, yeah, it's very important for, for metal workers. Mm. And you know um, the book, when you mentioned the book there, like we have to put ourselves back in that time. Writing was only developing at that time. That's right, yeah. Um, like the artwork and the symbols created in, in those manuscripts, they're central not only to Kells but to our identity as well. Um, the, the artwork and the symbols and... Yes. Um, like... Uh, it's um, they're they're um, very important for the word they they were used as a bit the visual identity of the formation of the new state. Mm. Um, the early Irish manuscripts um, were drawn on to create these symbols for the new Irish state. So it's, it's remarkable to think that his legacy, um, what he what he began in the, in the sixth century, yeah, uh, writing books, a prolific scribe, and encouraging his monks to write. And you can actually see the development of writing from mm. the, co- the Cock, which is another book associated with St. Colm Kill. And it's a, one of the earliest Irish manuscripts that you, that you can view. Yeah. Um, and you make a good point there about the the new state, and we've been talking about it regularly on the show here, 100 years ago this year, 1921, a very significant year. The way this was all brought into, you know, life in Ireland only 100 years ago, which reinvigorated it, of course, again. What about the Book of Kells itself? Back to that old chestnut. You'd love to have it in Kells. Will that crowd ever let go of it in Dublin? 
but that's that's a different conversation. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, and I just said I'd throw it in as a wild card there. No, we're not going to get into that one for sure today. But look, it is a magnificent book, and it has the name of the town as well. So yeah, when you, but it but it is interesting when you mentioned there the, the development of, of writing when you compare the the Cahok and you can see the beginnings of the ornamental capitals um, and how that developed and the, the magic school script that was distinctly Irish mm. and that was transferred then to monasteries in Iona and Lindisfarne and into uh, Northern Europe yes so that was it was distinctly Irish that mm. form of, of writing um, which is like it's, it's it's great that this year we can highlight all those aspects. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The other thing to say, he was known as Columba, wasn't he, as well? The Latin version of his name. People often refer to him as that as well. But as you said, he was an unbelievable man. He was a dynamo of his time in all the the places he set up around the the country. And I'd say he was a man that didn't take no for an answer. I'd say so, I'd say so. He was very persuasive because it wouldn't have been an easy feat travelling around um, the country at that time um, trying to persuade tribal chiefs and, and kings to, to give up territory that there were that there were many disputes over mm. to establish monasteries. But they, they worked hand in hand, the, 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 the church and um, the tribes and the chieftains and the high kings at that time. They worked, they worked together. It was kind of... Um, both were trying to, um, what can I say now? They were trying to, to um, improve the lot of people in yeah, life. And, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly, and probably enforce their their influence. Were, you know, yes, dying yes. for influence at the time. Mm, mm. You know. Oh, listen, he, he was a colourful character because he stood up for himself as well. He made mm-hmm. peace, he argued, he built all these places. You mentioned all those range of things there. So what's happening now? Uh, tell us about this uh, group you are chairperson of. What are you doing? Uh, what are we doing? Well, they, well this year is the 1500 anniversary and it's remarkable that, that in our lives we can actually celebrate um, Colm Kill or Columba um, and just to highlight the new discoveries, new discoveries of, of, of his legacy and many other aspects of the man he was born in Garton in Donegal 521 a prince yes he became a monk um, and there have been there are year long celebrations that began in December last um, in 2020 and they'll continue until the end of this year um, we've been working with uh, groups in Donegal and Derry and in Scotland who are they're organising similar events as well mm. um, so, so so far we have been doing most of our events have been online or yeah. virtual um, and early in the, in the year to begin the year we, we um, illuminated the sites of the Church of Ireland the High Crosses and the Round Tower and St. Colm Kill's House and uh, in January, we launched, um, we premiered a, a, an Irish language virtual tour online with Common Merriman as part of the Common Merriman Winter School. So that was a great project to work on. It was excellent. It was really and fun. are you planning real events, if I could call them that, with people at them? Can you do that at this stage, looking ahead with where we are uh, with the vaccination, etc.? Yeah, we've had like like all the other groups. We had to try. We've had to adapt to make events accessible to to people and um, present the heritage in a, a contemporary way. So what we're doing actually from from next week, there will be six projections or illuminations at six different sites around uh, Kells at um, 
the Round Tower, the Church of Ireland Gates, St. Column Kells House, uh, the Kells Town Hall and Kells Cultural Tourism and Cultural Hub. And they will be lit up at night, which be, it'll be a spectacle of colour where we want to reflect the art of illumination that was perfected in the Book of Kells and the, the um, Celtic art and design. We, we want to represent that. Yes. Um, in, in, and make... And, and make a visual experience. Yes. So w- when you're in Kells and you see these buildings, when will they be illuminated? E- at evening time, of course, and we have yeah. the, the long days at the minute, so uh, darkness is slow to fall. And is this going to go on for a number of days or weeks? It's going to go on until the end of the summer. All right, good on you. So it's, this yeah. is going to be long time. So when you're in Kells evening time and you see these things, it's all to do with the celebration of the 1500 of St. Column Kill. So, and then you'll see, I, I take it, you'll see as the year uh, opens up and unfolds, what else might be possible. Yeah, well, we're, we're just actually developing um, a map, a self-guided map that will be able to take you around the different um, locations. And Lovely. It'll narrate the story of each... Um, projections and it's just presenting our heritage in a, in a contemporary way that's accessible for people in a safe environment as mm, well you know and um, we're hoping that it'll capture the imagination of all generations you know and maybe re-engage with our heritage that we have here in Kells. Oh and you are a wonderful place for heritage that's for sure. <laughs> Anything yes, else you want to mention to me before we wrap up and I want, to, I want you to mention where people can look at this stuff online. Um, we have um, our Facebook page is Kells Column Kill 1500. Uh, most of our events are going out online through that page, our social media page and on Instagram. Um, you can contact any of us at the, on the committee um, as well. But um, the, 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 the map will be developed and they'll be, they'll be located in, in centres around the town for, for people to... For people to pick up. Lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely. Listen, I wish you well and it's... Uh, Great to hear that uh, St. Column Kill is alive and uh, well in uh, Kells and will be for many, many generations to come from all that time back. It really is fantastic. It is. Yes, I wish no, you well. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's great. It's wonderful to be able to celebrate it this yes. year and, and, and um, create a different focus on Column Kill for sure. Kel, you know, and the heritage in Kells. And hopefully... Um, Encourage other people to, to, to visit and uh, have mm. walk around our town, and especially it'd be a lovely nighttime experience. Absolutely, well, you know? I was just thinking that myself. It's certainly what I must drop in when I'm coming back from Sheelan oh, some evening. <laughs> anyway, Gary, let us know when you're coming. <laughs> all right, lovely to talk to you, Miriam. Take care of yourself. Again, Gary. Bye, Not bye. at all. Bye bye. That's Miriam Manning there. It's amazing to think that I was reading up about myself this morning. All those centuries ago this man lived and what he did he was uh, unbelievable he really got things done that's for sure we could do with a few column kills today in the country that's uh, for certain in uh, my book anyway late lunch lmfm radio stay with us now louise i mentioned early on in the show that taxes are on the way up mm. and you were just thinking about this since i said it and you have a theory i was just wondering what isn't taxed? From the minute you wake up in the morning, your clothes are taxed, your shoes are taxed, you get into the car, your car is taxed, the fuel you put in is taxed, you go to the shop, everything you buy in the shop is taxed, you go to work, your wages are taxed, you buy lunch, that's taxed. You know, you get home, you have a bite to eat, all the fuel is taxed, your food is taxed, you turn on the TV, that's taxed, both the TV and the licence. Like, you go to bed, you sleep isn't taxed. 
just about. Like, what is in Okay, tax? you've come up with something. You see, the certainties in life are taxes and death, as <laughs> a famous man once said. That, And that is so true. Now, there you have a good one. Sleep is not taxed. Well, is or is it? Because if you can't get to sleep, you have to take medicine, and that's probably taxed. Do you know? Sex <laughs> is not taxed. Well, mm, debatable. <laughs> Come on, expand. I'm not going in there. Ex- I'm not going there. <laughs> Kids could be listening. In certain circumstances, yes. really, it's an it's an interesting take you have. It really is. How and do you actually have savings? And actually, the savings in the bank that's taxed. And now they're going to yes, they're yeah. talking about charging you for having the savings. Yes. so that'll be taxed. How do you have then. any money left? Is there anything in life, ladies and gentlemen? That isn't taxed. Can you think of something in life that isn't taxed? Do you want to be careful because you like the chats and they'll be taxing, they'll ah, be taxing you for talking uh, next. <laughs> there'll be certainly in Stubbs Gazette, broke for <laughs> life. Uh, <laughs> do you know what's not taxed? What? Uh, happiness is not taxed. You know, really, yeah. yeah but would you be happier if you didn't have to pay tax? Oh, of course, everybody would, <laughs> would and nobody wants to pay it. Look at the share of the gangsters in this country that d- d- did their best not to pay tax. I'm sure everybody does. It's, it's, in, it's in our human nature to try to avoid it in any way we can. All of us. And I know you have to pay taxes, but surely yeah. there is like, you know, there's property tax and people were saying in England, oh, they, they pay huge amounts. But in England, if you pay the, the property tax on the house or whatever, that covers your bins, it covers your fire, yes. and it covers, you know, it covers a lot of things. Yeah, Everything here, you move, you're taxed. It encompasses wider, you know, but we have all these individual things that add up. Folks, what isn't taxed in terms of something perhaps we yeah. consume or... I'm sure everything you consume. How do you purchase. have savings if you think of it? Mm. The open, the, the outside, Don't. and you go for a walk, it's not taxed. Although what you wear on your feet is you say your clothes and things like that. But the walk rain itself is not taxed. <laughs> I wish they could. <laughs> the tax rain in Ireland should Jesus, we'd be the richest country in the world. <laughs> Wouldn't we? We would, we would. We should be exporting it. We should be selling it, that's for sure. Anyway, anyway, if you have any thoughts on that, let us know. Uh, a bit of trivia on late lunch this afternoon. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or tax us to the show. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, so you can call in 1850-715-958. Still to come on late lunch, my artist of the week, Lionel Richie on the way after news weather and sport at three and then we'll be gauging reaction from local hotel owners on the day hotels and hospitality good part of it opens up Gibson Drive-In Bingo is back Bank Holiday Monday 7th of June from 3.30 on the Kells Lane Road unmissable Olivia Pass in that direction 15,000 prize fund to be won uh, there on Monday afternoon it'll be jammers I promise you We've uh, two lovely prizes from Gibbstown this afternoon to give away on late lunch. Dancing Queen, the number I was looking for, is number 17, of course, and it's the Carolines today. Caroline Gillespie and Caroline McCabe, well done to both of you. Those uh, little prizes are winging their way to you now. Enjoy the bingo there on Monday. And the first aid kit. Yes, Cathy Marr from Haven Pharmacy giving away a first aid kit today. And that goes to Orin O'Rourke 
from screen. 112 is the other emergency number. You should have it close by always in your phone, 999 and 112. Thank you, everybody who was in touch. The winners are the winners. It's the look at the draw. That's the way it goes. Thanks indeed for your participation. What's not taxed? Sinead says, a nice walk, Jerry, isn't taxed. It's not, and that's for sure. They'll be taxing the bloody air that we breathe next, says Gina. And other people have said that there as well. And Magella's back. Oh, Magella, Magella, Magella. Jerry, love and hugs are not taxed. I was right, I said to myself, they're not, they're not. There's no tax on them, is right. Magella, lovely to hear from you. We didn't know where you were for the last while. I wonder where Peter is. Peter, hello, Peter. Haven't heard from you in recent days. Hope you got the jab. Oh, the old vaxes are working. They're working for sure. Hope you're well, Peter. We miss you. We miss you on late lunch. Anyway, our artist of the week is Lionel Richie. And let me tell you that Richie's solo career, which I reminded you yesterday, began in 1982, really took off. And the 80s would be Lionel Richie's decade as the hit singles, successful albums and collaborations with other artists flowed seemingly endlessly. All Night Long from his second album was a huge hit and that album called Can't Slow Down sold 8 million copies, twice as much as his debut album. He wrote the US number one Say You Say Me for the movie White Nights. He also collaborated with Michael Jackson to compose We Are The World, the USA for Africa fundraiser. In 1986, his next album was released, again spawning hits like Love Will Conquer All, Ballerina Girl and the title track and my Lionel Richie song this Wednesday afternoon. Here it is. Yeah, dancing on the ceiling. Lionel Richie, my artist of the week on your late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. Big, big hit for... Lionel back in the 80s. More about the man himself and another of his songs at this time on Late Lunch tomorrow. Final break of the afternoon and today is a big, big day, isn't it? For hotels especially, they have reopened and we are going to gauge the reaction in a moment locally. Hotels, guest houses, camping sites, caravan parks, all reopening today all over the country and boy is it welcome. So what's been happening in uh, early doors around the place? I'm joined on the line by Kevin Wall from the D Hotel in Drogheda. Hello Kevin. Hiya Jerry. how are you? Great to speak to you. And you too, it's been a long time hasn't it? It has absolutely, absolutely, Jerry. It's been a long year for everybody, but we're delighted to be open to the public today. It's really great. You know, we're delighted to welcome back all our friends and regulars and customers and so on. So, What have you been doing, you know, in the interim? You know, has there been work to be done in the hotel there? How have staff fared out yourself, everybody involved, or has it just been back to work in recent times to get ready for this opening? Yeah, so what we've done, we were open all year, Jerry, for essential workers uh, working during the pandemic. So yeah. it's great to be able to accommodate them, you know, to, to accommodate in, the, in the, all the great work that they, did, that they were doing. And we also did quite a lot of work, obviously, around the hotel in, in the Goodwin Steakhouse and in the Hops Bar and in our outside areas as well. Because obviously, you've heard the government saying about an outdoor summer this year. So, like, we've great location, as you know, in the centre of Drogheda. So, like, the facilities, we've really improved them. We've used the opportunity opportunity and the time to improve the product that we can offer to our customers. Mm, great to hear and you're right along the point there. It is beautiful. Well, your st- position absolutely marvellous. You couldn't pick it. In terms of functions, weddings I'm thinking of in particular, what's the story there? 
Well, really, I suppose, obviously, uh, a lot of people would have postponed weddings and so on. So hopefully in, in later this year and early next year and so on, people will be able to hold the weddings that they had postponed and so on. So at the moment, obviously, we have to follow the government guidelines and so on. So the numbers are quite low. But um, again, I, definitely, we, we're getting very, very busy in all areas, weddings, functions and so on. So there really has, I think people are really, they've had such, such a year, Jerry, that they're looking forward to getting a break and looking forward to to get you know to holding the things that they they should have had over the last year really so have you had people in already today you know uh, checking in calling in to say hello yeah it's it's been quite busy. Like we've great special offers at the moment, if you know what I mean. So we're like the, particularly obviously, it's great to us for us to get open today, just ahead of the bank holiday weekend, if you know what I mean. So it'll be really really good. There's a great sense of excitement in the hotel mm. among the staff as well. Just getting back to work, it's great to see people coming back because obviously over the last year we just had a skeleton staff and so on. So it's great to see the staff coming back. There's a great sense of excitement and today, you know, and we see people checking in again, if you know what I mean, to see people relaxing and enjoying themselves, you know and visiting Drogheda so it's great for the town as well so so uh, pick up the phone call the G and you'll be looked after that's the Absolutely. message today you mention LMFM we'll do them great deals this weekend Jerry. <laughs> good stuff stay there a minute Kevin because I have another man in the business as well JP Egan is on the line from the Village Hotel in Bettystown in County Mead JP good to talk to you again Good afternoon, Jerry. How you doing? Are you well? I'm good. Now, you're a very laid-back character at the best of times, but come on, JP, there must be, like uh, Kevin mentioned there, real excitement around the village today. Ah, there is indeed, yeah. There definitely is. In fairness, now, there's uh, a big crew in there getting organised. We've um, we've a number of outdoor areas. We've got a stretch marquee, which would be the stretch bar. We've a terrace area, which is also... Uh, covered in with a, with a marquee and then we have the back area the gardens and there's another marquee there so yeah we're just trying to make use of as much of the space that we have mm. um, and obviously then the bedrooms will be you know they can still start but for essential workers they've been happening over the last uh, number of months which has been great just on the Monday to Thursday basis yeah. so now obviously we're able to start bringing in um, you know with people for weekend dining and uh, and eating as well. So, look, it's going to be great, yeah. Mm, and uh, something that people have really missed uh, in their lives. Is your phone ringing like Kevin's is there in the D Hotel? Yes, it is indeed, yeah, yeah. Look, it's been flat out. Uh, I suppose, look, the big thing is people are just trying to figure out exactly what they can and can't do in terms mm. of their guests. And then uh, also if people want to just come down from Monday on to uh, for outdoor dining, you know, that's obviously going to be a big focus up until July when hopefully we can bring people back indoors. But as I said, look, thankfully we have the space yes. where we can, you know, facilitate the outdoors. And like that, it's, it's, it's creating, um, you know, as Kevin was saying there, there's a real buzz around the place. You've got staff coming in, you've customers popping in um, to see what if they can book a table. With people then getting the place set up, and yeah, there's a real, a real buzz around it. Mm. And, uh, and and look, if we get a bit of weather as well, it's just going to make oh, it magic, yes. you know. Yeah, and you're in a nice place there as well, by the sea with loads of golf on your doorstep and much more besides. Did you ever, you know, during this te- testing time as it's been for everybody, JP, did you ever despair? You know, that you thought, will we ever get back? Is this going to come to an end? Yeah, no, I think to be fair, we we always kind of try to stay as positive as we could and look that that, that will all, you know, start to settle down at some point and the vaccine rollout could come and 
people to get a bit more comfortable and feel more secure. So I think to be fair, you, know, people, you could see people getting a handle on it. The government was getting a handle on it. And um, and you could see light at the end of the tunnel. Now, hopefully it just, it, it stays bright and it keeps getting brighter. Yeah. And, 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 and there's nothing else to come then in the winter months. But certainly at the moment, we're, we're very positive about getting it open and getting them. Um, Getting customers back in, and then as as uh, Kevin was saying there, you know, hopefully then next year, maybe towards the end of this year, and certainly next year, the weddings will start to come back uh, yeah. and other events like that. Yeah, of course, Kevin. Just back to you for a moment. Uh, reopening has its parameters, and of course, staff, you know, uh, the safety of customers, you know, keeping uh, to the guidelines. It's it's a, it's extra on you too, Kevin. But all has to be uh, attended to. Kevin, Kevin, you there? Yes, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Yes, you're with me. Yeah. Sorry, yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, you know, we've been again. I suppose at this stage, it's gone on so long, really, that all our staff and so on, and we're all well trained and well used to it, really. You know what I mean? And uh, ha- happy to follow all the guidelines and you know kind of way. So that we're, we're well used to it at this stage, Jerry. Yeah. Mm, and uh, did you get you know when the, uh, we're hearing on the news Kevin uh, that you know when you signed off you had uh, people working for you and people in different jobs was it difficult to, to get them all back or have they all come back or did you have to look for new people well it's a mixture actually we got all the staff I suppose everybody that was here really returned and uh, we also got new staff as well which is great to see new people starting it was great during the week to see you know we were doing training and induction and so on to see new faces as well as the old faces as well you know coming back to the hotel so as JP was saying like there's a great sense of optimism and excitement really you know on our behalf we're, we're really looking forward to the summer ahead I'm sure all the hospitality businesses in the area are as well if you know what I mean so it's definitely there's reason for opti- optimism with the vaccine rollout and so on so you know we'd be, we'd be very very positive so and you feed off each other as well and work I, I know you're you're all in your own individual Kevin businesses but it, it, it's a game where everybody's in and you know uh, that that connectivity is important as well between the different hotels and guest houses and businesses etc Absolutely, because like with, like with JP, like in the village and so on, like we're all bringing, you know, business to the area and everybody benefits with visitors, you know, domestic visitors, even hopefully international visitors later in the year as well. So the whole area benefits, which is great to see people coming in, you know, they're spending money in different outlets and shops and restaurants and so on by staying in hotels and so on. So, so it's great to see them coming back. JP, just finally to yourself, uh, the area we're in here in the northeast has so much to offer. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you can see that there is, you know, there's, there's a lot of interest in coming up this way now. And uh, I think Florida itself as well now should benefit. And, and you know, you can just see that there's going to be a real buzz about it, you know. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot to offer in the area. There really is. The northeast uh, counties louder than made wonderful counties and on the doorstep of the main city of the country as well. Easy to get to, great connectivity and the doors of all our uh, hospitality, uh, the ones that can open, as I said, hotels, guest houses, campsites, etc., caravan parks are open from today ahead of the bank holiday weekend with the rest uh, to come, uh, please God, in early July that we're back to full throttle. Look, it's great to talk to you both. Wonderful here, hearing of businesses opening up uh, up for the job excited and welcoming people uh, in through your doors I wish the D Hotel in Drogheda Village Hotel in Bettystown and everybody across the North East in the business all the very best today Kevin and JP thank you for joining me 
Thank you, Gary. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't it great? It's another positive. It's another step forward on the road to recovery. That's uh, almost a lot on late lunch today. Thank you so much for your company. Thanks to all our guests on the show this afternoon. Tomorrow we have a great story for you. Speedy action and a young life saved. That's all I'll tell you. Don't miss it tomorrow on late lunch. Pat Ford is here as well. He's the man behind Stop the Bully and the beautiful and wonderful author Sheila O'Flanagan is all ours on late lunch tomorrow. I'm looking forward to having a chat with her. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive over the next couple of hours. Wonderful music and more besides. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Have a nice evening. See you back here, 1.30 tomorrow for Thursday's Late Lunch. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find the commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.